welcome, welcome. You are listening to Unchurched. My name is Rebecca, and I am your host for the next half an hour or so. I do have a little bit of something caught in my throat, so this will be... <coughs> oh, this is going to be a fun half hour. Okay, so here on Unchurched, what we do is we talk about the ideas of um, thoughts and beliefs and traditions of church, and then we compare that with the Bible. So we're basically comparing church culture to what's in the Bible. Now, one of the things that um, we have been discussing, um, which we discussed last week, and we're going to be discussing this week again, is um, the concept of mercy. So last week, we talked about what mercy isn't. And this week, we're going to be talking about what mercy is. Oh, and so this is one of the least, and I believe I mentioned this last week, but this is one of the least talked about subjects on any given Sunday in a church service. Grace is more talked about more frequently than mercy. Um, and I And I believe that it is a symptom of a larger problem in the American culture is that um, is that we have an issue with um, with mercy and I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a re it's a it's a long-standing thing but it is definitely more of a recent issue Um, so Mercy in in our culture, what we like is we like the the story of the underdog and how they overcome and how the bad guy gets his just deserves. Like they they die, they go to jail, they they get exactly what's coming to them. So if they've obliterated everybody, they in turn need to be obliterated. Um, we like this story and we like it a lot. Um, it's told over and over again in our um, entertainment. It's told again throughout history but we do have a few instances um although they are older and it's um not as frequent anymore um there but uh, for example our country has in the past shown some great mercy and one of those one of those um was uh, with japan who was during World War II, Japan was committing horrible atrocities um, in Asia and around the Pacific Rim and even attacking our own um, base uh, horribly without um, unmercifully. And so when our government decided to drop the bomb on Nagasaki and... Um, the other, and I can't remember the other one off at the top of my head, but uh, when they decided to drop those two atomic bombs um, in Japan, the unmerciful thing would have been to just drop the bomb and done nothing. That is not what our government did. Our government d- did drop those bombs, but in return, what they did is they're like, well, we're going to help you recover from this. So they showed an incredible amount of mercy by helping them establish um, uh, 
a new economy, establishing a trade system with the United States of um, helping them improve in technology and becoming one of the for eventually becoming one of the major contributors to the global economy, which if you're not going to be showing mercy, you're not going to be doing that. And so our government showed Japan an incredible amount of mercy by helping them rebuild their economy. That is one thing that is, I believe, that is lost um, in in history because that's not often told is that after our government did that is Japan didn't just rise from the ashes. Japan had a lot of help from the U S government to get back on their feet after we bombed them. Um, and that, I mean, we're showing in, that's just showing an incredible amount of compassion for a group of people who were committing horrible I mean, Korea still has issues with Japan and <coughs> because of World War II um, atrocities. Let's see. So, um, but today we're going to be talking about um, biblical mercy. Uh, so we talked about what mercy doesn't look like from a biblical standpoint. And... <sighs> mercy being one of the least talked about subjects in on any given Sunday in any church is um, interesting because it should go hand in hand with grace. I mean, you can't have grace without mercy. And we kind of talked about that, that grace without mercy is a license to do whatever, which is, I believe, what people talk about when they say cheap grace. And when they say grace that, um, like, you can't, you can't talk about the extreme grace of God. It's just a license to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want it. But if you have grace without mercy, that that's pretty much what it is. So... If somebody doesn't have a concept of how merciful God is and how God has been merciful towards them, the concept of grace just becomes um, a greasy butter stick that um, it's like, oh, you can get out of anything. And that because but that's not the mercy of God. And so we're going to look at um, so we know that like when God is unmerciful, what that looks like. It looks like complete and total obliteration. And if we understand um, sin and the concept of sin and how offensive it is to God, then we can begin to have an understanding of what the mercy of God looks like. So we know that God hates sin to the point where anything and everything that sin touches needs to be obliterated. And we saw that with Joshua last week, that <clears throat> that people who were had been doing horrible atrocities in the sight of God, um, groups of people that God didn't want when he ordered the Israelites to um, destroy them without mercy, that the young and the old, that the men, women, sheep, the donkeys, children, old people, things that were useful, the buildings, everything burned to the ground, bam, gone, nothing. Nothing would be left for anybody for anybody's use is that 
it all needed to be destroyed. That is merciless. That's without mercy. So what does God's mercy look like? And I think it's really important that um, that when we look at God's mercy, that there's a there's a couple ways to go about doing this. Is that um, you can look up the definition of mercy and just do a single word study, and um, you can still be kind of lost about what mercy is. But when you start looking at it in the context. Um, the context of where the word mercy is. Like basically you can head on over to BibleGateway.com and they have a fun um, thing that you can look at. And it's a, it's a really useful tool. And uh, if you want to do a word search, like um, basically if you want to look for the word specifically for one word in the Bible, is that they have everything cataloged in all different types of, in all different ver- versions. And I think you can look at like four or five versions at the same time and put in the word mercy, like the word mercy, and it'll pull up. And in this case, I put in um, mercy and Bible gateways um, thing, and I came back with 407 Bible results for mercy in the Common English Bible, the King James Version, the Amplified Bible, and the English Standard Version. <clears throat> and I picked those because um, the King James Version, uh, it's one that I, that I, it's one of my personal favorites. The Amplified Bible, because uh, it will translate and um, give alternate, alternate translations for words and expand on um different words that are used. And so you get a bigger and broader meaning of of the context of the verse. And then, of course, the English Standard Version, because that seems to be a popular version with people currently. <clears throat> and then um, the Common English Bible, because I'm a little bit fascinated with it right now. So um, that's what I, I chose, but <clears throat> I suggest... Um, if you want to, if you really want to know the context of a word and how it's used is that to do a, a Bible search for like a verse search for a specific word and see how it's read in each verse and read the context of each verse. So, um, it is no surprise to me that um, that the word mercy is used quite frequently within the Psalms. Um, like they, it talks over and over and over again about Psalms. Also in the book of Leviticus, and um, I believe Deuteronomy is that um, is and also Exodus, when it's talking about the mercy seat and how to make the, the when they're talking about um, the center of the temple, which is where the spirit of God is to reside, is that that um, that the Ark of the Covenant, which is the Ark which holds the, the, the covenant that um, was given to Moses, um, that upon that, on the lid of that is a is a couple of cherubim and with their wings pointing towards each other. And that thing that sits on top of the ark, um, if you've ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's a 
very similar in description to what is uh, what the the prop that they use in that movie. But where the the cherubim spread their wings towards each other, that 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 area there is called the mercy seat. And it's repeatedly called the mercy seat, that the place where God sits, that it is called the mercy seat, which I believe is, um, is, I find that fascinating because is that where God sits, he sits on a seat of mercy, which I believe is important to um, note. So the reason it's important to note is because We've got um, God who in the, so in the temple, there's that seat of mercy and the temple is stated in, um, I believe Exodus is an example when God is telling Moses how to do this. He says that it is a, basically it's an example of what's already in heaven and the Ark of the Covenant, which is um, fascinating that uh, it's that the seat on that because that's basically where God sits is the Ark of the Covenant and above the 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 covenant on the cover of the covenant there are two cherubim with their wings spread towards each other and on that and and above that is called the mercy seat where God sits and if we think about it. Um, because our sin is so offensive to God, the only place that he could meet us is in a place of mercy. That without mercy, that we, we don't have grace. And we definitely do not have salvation or any of that, that unless we have mercy. Because what we 100% deserve is to be obliterated. But God in his great mercy gives that to us, gives us mercy. So now here's the interesting thing is that is God's mercy unconditional? The answer is no. Now, if we look at Deuteronomy 5.10, it says, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And this is not the only verse that says that. There are several verses that say that we're throughout the law, the Levitical law, throughout Deuteronomy and Leviticus, where it says that he will show mercy unto them that love me and keep my commandments. That they, if you want God's mercy, you have to one, love him, and then you also have to keep his commandments. And I find that fascinating. Because, I mean, if if we think about it, is that there's really no point in showing mercy to people who God's not going to show mercy to people who don't care about him, who are just going to continually 100% just drag his name through the mud and say, I don't care. And just basically um, defecate on his name and his reputation and what he stands for. That's clearly, I mean, he's not going to stand for that because he didn't die so that 
He didn't die for us to, con- he doesn't give us mercy. He doesn't, did not die for us so that we could continue to live like enemies of him. He died for us so that we could have, be in relationship with him and so that we could live and have life eternal through Jesus Christ. And so um, if you don't understand that um, what Christ has died for and that you're an offense to God and that your sin is an offense to God and that what you're doing is offensive to God. Um, and if you don't understand that, but you understand, but you, you, you get the concept of grace, yeah, you're going to feel like it's a license to do whatever you want. But if you understand that without Christ that you are horrible, wretched, pitiful, um, an enemy of God, an enemy to everything that God stands for, and that you deserve nothing other than death and destruction, then you understand that God is merciful when you when you realize that God God is love because God is love. And if you love God, then you're going to do what he says. And if you love God, you're going to if you're going to love him and then you're going to do what he says. I mean, we don't we don't if you love somebody. Number one is that you're going to listen to them. You're going to spend time with them and you're going to listen to them. <clears throat> I don't know a single person who loves their spouse or their significant other that says, you know, um, they hate X. I am going to, <clears throat> I'm going to make sure that this thing, like say, like say, let's say um, that your spouse hates bunny rabbits and then you invest in a bunny rabbit farm and have bunnies all over your house and in your backyard and in your front yard, there's bunnies everywhere and your significant other decide is like, well, what, what, what are you doing to me? Like, well, but these bunnies, uh, well, we don't need bunnies. I hate them. I'm allergic to them. They make me stuffy. I can't live here with all these bunnies. What do you mean? But they're cute and adorable and they multiply like rabbits. I mean, they're bunnies. But I love you. Stay. And I mean, is that love? No, that's not love. And so I think sometimes we think that um, we we treat our our sins and our pet sins as bunny rabbits. Um, and they multiply. <laughs> sins do multiply like rabbits if we take care of them and keep them they end up multiplying and it becomes i mean then it becomes an offense to it's a it's offensive to god because he didn't die for us to multiply our sins like rabbits he died so that we could live and so it's like continually stabbing yourself in the arm going oh yeah i get to live here watch this i'm gonna slice my veins open onto my arm again and again and again and again because that seems like something that god wants me to do no god doesn't want you to do that god loves you and god cherishes you and god wants you to be um healthy and he wants you to be uh, following after him because he knows what's best for you and 
when we try do things that try to kill ourselves or harm ourselves in any way, we're not, we don't understand one that God ultimately loves us. And we don't understand that what the person who created us, God, um, knows what's best for us. And so we're basically saying, nah, you don't know what's best. I know what's best. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But I love you. I love you. Watch me kill myself. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And it's awful because if you spend time with God and if you, if you see just how deeply he loves you and just how deep of mercy he offers, then we don't have a problem with greasy grace. We don't have a problem with grace as a license to do whatever we want. We understand that we are horrible, terrible people. And without the mercy of God, we would be horrible, terrible people. And so when we love God and we love what he does is that, um, he gives us mercy. Uh, so what is mercy? Well, let's look at some of the Psalms. Um, when we look at mercy, like in Psalm 23, it says, surely goodness, uh, verse six, it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what is this goodness and mercy that's talked about here? Well, if we look at the entire passage, and this is why I'm big on reading the the entire passage and the entire book, because we get a better picture of what mercy looks like. And so Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, my enemies. <laughs> you anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. This entire passage speaks of goodness and mercy. That God will shepherd us, that he'll provide good food for us, that we'll have good water to drink, that he will restore our souls, that he'll lead us into places where that are right and doing good things and doing right things for his name's sake. That um, even if we go through a valley that that where there's death all around us, that we have no need to fear because God's with us. So instead of aban- he doesn't abandon us, he's with us. He doesn't make us starve. He will feed us. He doesn't let us um, die of thirst. He will water us. He doesn't let us squander. He'll restore us and he'll restore our soul. And he'll lead us to places that are right. Not only that, but his mercy is so great that he's he shows 
other people. He shows your, if you've got enemies, he shows your enemies how good he is to you, to those that are interested in you going down. Um, that there's, that there's a table and even if you're in front of your enemies, that God's like, the reason you're not getting this is because you don't have mercy because you do not love or follow my, you do not love me or follow my commandments. Um, this, this is what goodness and mercy is, is that even though we deserve horrible things, we don't get that because we choose to love God and we choose to love his commands. Um, all of the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms, they just go on and talk about mercy. And so in Psalm 25, it says, remember your mercy, O Lord, your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. So the mercy is no longer remembering sins or the things that you've done bad. It's allowing God to erase, you know, God's mercy is so good that he erases those things from his memory. Um, Psalm 25, verse 9 through 11, the meek he will guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Oh, for thy namesake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. So mercy involves pardoning our 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 sins. It's um it means guiding us in judgment and guiding us in the way that he would like to teach us. And I love how it says in verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Is that with mercy comes a, a humbleness, admitting that we're wrong, admitting that the way that we've been going is wrong, admitting to ourselves that that we're not right and that God is right. And just by doing that and being humble before the Lord, he grants us mercy. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right, you're wrong. <laughs> you're right that you're wrong and I'm right. And, you know, God's mercy is, is his mercy and compassion are incredible. Um, it says, um, in Psalm 27, Lord, listen to my voice when I cry out, have mercy on me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek God's face. Lord, I do seek your face. Um, that mercy involves us going and seeking God and seeking his face and seeking his 
his ways, seeking what he wants us to do, seeking, you know, all that is that is is that knowing that God will be merciful for it to us. Um, another another thing that uh, that um, and let's look at another verse. Psalm twenty, uh, not twenty seven, but thirty seven. It says, uh, "But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke; shall they consume away." The wicked borrows and pays not again, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. So it's not just um, that it's not just that God shows us mercy; is that we in turn are also supposed to show the mercy that God grants us. That um, that if um, that as a merciful person that we show mercy to the people around us, that we give even though they borrow. Um, it says, For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that, they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Um, I mean, I could go on and just read tons and tons of Psalms. Um, Psalm 109, Psalm 106, Psalm 103. Uh, when you start reading them and you read basically what mercy entails is that God basically saves, he redeems, he pulls people out of where they're at. Um, whether they got themselves there or not, God's mercy is so great that when you turn and you say, I was wrong, you're right, get me out of this, please, you know, have mercy on me, um, that God will restore will redeem and pull somebody out of things like that but it's a recognition of knowing that um that one that that um to have god's mercy is recognizing that god is who he is and who he says and that you love him and then also is that you re recognize that he was right and you have a desire to do what he says to do um, rather than getting yourself stuck in, in awful situations. Um, and so I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to end with Isaiah 55, 7, but I, I'm going to recommend reading all of the Psalms for a really really pay attention to what mercy means. But um, this is what we get when we, we, uh, when we search God for mercy. It says, Let the wicked abandon their ways and the sinful their schemes. Let them return to the Lord so that he may have mercy on them to our God because he is generous with forgiveness. All right, we're going to end there because next up is we're going to be talking about the forgiveness of God because mercy involved goes hand in hand. Not only is there grace and mercy, but you cannot have mercy without forgiveness. So we'll be talking about heading into forgiveness next week with um, here on this program. But basically, mercy is not 
giving us what we deserve. It's basically saving us from that. And it's in a way that is kind and compassion and gentle and amazing. And that it mercy doesn't just isn't just um, a pardon without accountability. It's not just a, hey, here's, let me open up the gates and you go. Um, is that there is more involved with it because there's mercy, there's grace. There's mercy, there's forgiveness, and there's grace. And so we're going to be going into forgiveness next week. Um, if you have any questions, please email me at talk to me at unchurch.net. Um, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if you have anything or any topics that you'd love for unchurched to cover on in the future, or you know somebody that would be like, yeah, I want to be on this program, and that sounds like fun, and I have this like desire and this deep need to reach people um, <laughs> through a tiny little podcast, then send them my way. Um, unchurched at talk to me. No, talk to me at unchurched.net. And uh, we'll 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 have a conversation about it. So um, anyway, yes, mercy is good. God has lots of mercy. His mercy never fails. It endures forever. Um, on and on and on. There's yeah, mercy is important and recommend highly recommend so that you get acquainted with what the mercy of God looks like and understand what it looks like in your life. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week and, uh, we'll be back with forgiveness. All right.